Good evening, world! This is the podcast, Ask the Press, and your host, Ask Laura Cattell. Alrighty, welcome back. We're we're pretty speeding towards the end of this slender, slender volume of work that's really jam-packed with a lot of useful information. The Miracle Club by Mitch Horowitz. And we have made it to Chapter 10, which basically the first part of Chapter 10 is just... Him introducing us to Neville Goddard and his... The most basic version of what Neville Goddard's belief system was. So... He believes that God is not a guy out there somewhere. He is your imagination. Creating your reality for you. And we went over some similarities on the last podcast with um, how that corresponds to, like, Mr. Dooley's iteration that, or not necessarily Mr. Dooley's, but um, a common theme that I keep finding, not just Mr. Dooley, but a lot of other um, contemporaries in this field, and that is the concept that we are creation experiencing itself. Alright, that... So, as far as Neville goes, God is, um, your imagination. Mr. Dooley put it another way, as, um, God is the other side, the intelligence that is dreaming up this whole thing we call reality. Therefore, because everything is of the same energy, you should be able to manipulate it because you are of the same energy. Just for the same reason, um, closest thing I can get you to understand how clo- how to really understand that concept is to go back and watch the movie Inception. Right? When you wake up in the dream, the rules of reality no longer apply. So if you physically can wake up in this dream and realize that it is a dream then you can start manipulating the reality that you think you see when you're looking out your eyes. So, energetically, philosophically, those two are pretty damn close, if I'm being honest. So it's interesting to see those correlations, but that's that's Mr. Goddard's, like, in a nutshell right there. Okay, I have wanted to go back and find that other little bit real quick. And that was the other part to Neville's philosophy. Is that the Bible, or scripture, is a metaphor. All the stories in it are a metaphor for the human imagination. And rather, it is symbolic. And so he picks out different... um, Different themes within the Bible as imagination waking itself up. Um, Christ dying on the cross was the uh, physical self dying and then come resurrecting and he came, comes back uh, as the mind fully awakened. So, I don't think I'd ever really heard that take on it before. Most people take it as a literal history and or something, um, I don't say a little history, but uh, how do I want to put this? Like... Okay, maybe I do want to see literal literal history of the life and times of Jesus Christ. Some books have been omitted, uh, most famously the Book of Enoch, which is where a lot of people get their mysticism and stuff from. Um, 
but that's... Mm. And again, I will be honest, I haven't looked up Neville Goddard yet, because I don't usually go with <clears throat> scripture-based manifesting. I go with contemporary, outside of religion-based manifesting. I don't believe you need religion, um, or any of its trappings to experience um, the mystical arts. I really don't. Okay. Sorry. <clears throat> that being said, I will agree, and this has been the subject of much, much discussion. I do believe there is something out there with quite the greater intelligence than we can even have the capacity to contemplate. Human beings are very, 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 very <clears throat> low on the capacity intelligence board. Even though we are the dominant species on this planet, right? Dolphins are smarter than us. And honestly, I think they got the better end of the deal. They get to go swim around in the ocean all day pass puffer fish between them all back and forth and just enjoy living out their lives without any stress, worry, or bills to pay. I think they got the better end of the deal. Just gonna say that. Right? <clears throat> Alright, we're not the smartest creatures. We're able to adapt to change better. We can amplify and there uh, are, how do I want to put this? We can amplify our innate strengths. We can amp up our weaknesses. We can, we can fudge and we can alter things we're lacking in. But even a dolphin will not be able to contemplate the ridiculous trillions of terabytes worth of data type talking. That is required to operate a universe. So, religion aside, within the new thought, new age, however you want to put it, there is the concept of the divine mind. Quantum physics backs this up to a degree. Like I when I started this podcast, like I said, it's fascinating watching um, science and uh, esotericism, like basically going back and forth, right? Science and the church was having a big ish a little while ago when they claimed they found the Higgs boson or what they called the God particle when they turned on CERN over in Switzerland. So, you know, fascinating stuff. Okay, so. I got off a little off topic. I wanted to reintroduce Neville Goddard just a, just a tad. And we left off yesterday with Neville's three rules. I want three steps. Three steps. Not rules. Steps. And they're quite lengthy. Step two was actually quite lengthy in, indeed. So we'll see how many of these we get through. What did he call these? Three steps of... Hold on. Let me go find it. Okay. He calls it three steps to truth. And uh, we're going to do those three steps today. We left off yesterday. Sorry. We left off yesterday right before we started in 
And really quickly, those three steps are... Every creative act begins with a passionate desire. Two, your imagination is fertilized in a state of physical immobility. And three, form a vivid, simple mental scene of your desire fulfilled. Which, of course, goes back to, you know, how many times we heard, you know, visualize the end result. Visualize what you want getting it. Visualize from the side of already having it which creates a different vibration and a different frequency. So, before I get any farther, my shout out to the restaurant industry, all my guys and gals out there in Foodland. Thank you for all you do. Thank you for all you've done. Thank you for all you're still going through. And if you are feeling stressed out, overwhelmed, and you can't take it anymore, please, please take a walk, take a shower, take a bath, take a smoke. We'll play video games, do something, but please don't do something you can't take back. Please don't quit. Please don't quit. Okay. Step one. Every creative act begins with a passionate desire. Do not be fooled by how easy that sounds. We walk around all day with desires, thinking, I want this and that, I want money, I want sex and romance, I want this person to pay attention to me, I want this achievement, and so on and so on. Yet much of the time, as we've seen, we have only superficial understandings of our desires. We're dishonest about what we truly want, because we often don't want to acknowledge in our innermost hearts what we really wish for. We live in a society that is, on the surface, filled with personal license and freedom, but we don't like admitting to ourselves that we feel are unfitting of a given image we've cultivated. A self-image designed to appeal to others, but that may no longer fit us. We also confuse means with desires, sometimes saying we want a certain job, for example, when what we really want is security. Before I go any farther, because he does, he starts into a story right after that particular chapter. How many times have I said this before? Me. Not from a book. Not from anybody else. Me. All right. The two trickiest parts of the entire process is asking and believing. Why asking? Because we lie to ourselves about what it is we think we want. Because we've become so accustomed to keeping up with the Joneses, what a mom and dad want to make them happy, what's going to make my kids happy, rather than really being honest about what makes you happy. Right? That's what makes it so damn tricky. Which is also why the other flip-flop to that is do not mess with the cursed house. And if you actually sit down sometimes with what it is that you think you want and you really start like writing it out like you're like you're writing correspondence to yourself, you realize almost every single time. It's it's really it's really Amazing in that particular sense. 
almost every single time you start writing it out and just having like a, a flow of mind moment just onto the paper you realize that it's not the thing you're after it's what you think that thing will get you you want a modeling contract maybe it's because you don't feel confident enough inside and you're looking for that adoration that outward support or you know just maybe you just want to sign autographs for the rest of your life I'm not sure but be honest with yourself about why you want the thing you want to be an actor or an actress do you actually love acting or do you want to be on the big screen because you want to wear really pretty ball gowns and you know go get Oscars and uh, trance it out in front of all the little people what is it you're after and if those are your reasons why that's an invitation to go even deeper why are those things important to you Okay, and then that allows you to go a little deeper. Okay, so I found out why those things were important to me. What happened that made those, thing, those things become a prominent feature in my life? And as you start going a couple levels deeper, then you start getting really to the essence of the why of whatever it is that you're asking yourself. And your questions become a lot clearer. You get gain a lot more clarity. And certain other aspects of your life start to clear up. It really is interesting when you start really unfolding this. Okay, so I'm not going to tangent over. Uh, back to the book, continuing. I want to share a personal story. And I'm going to be very personal in this chapter. Because I'm describing in Neville a man and philosophy that is enormously challenging. And enormously practical if you take this material seriously. And I feel obligated to warranty my words with personal experience. Experience is the empiricism of the inner path. And I will start with one that bears upon this first step, clarified desire. Years ago, I knew a woman who was a well-known psychic. Not a household name, but widely known. I felt she had an authentic psychical gift. I didn't like how she lived, personally, because me, because I personally felt that she could be a violent person. Not physically violent, but emotionally. She would manipulate people, bully them, and generally push them around. I didn't particularly like her, but I did feel that she had a true intuitive gift. People are often lopsided. The possession of keen insight into human affairs does not equate with ethics or empathy. I was talking to her one night. We were having a conversation in a parking lot somewhere, and she stopped and said to me, Do you know what you want? You want power. But your problem is you have an overdeveloped superego. As soon as I heard this, I wanted to push it away. And I spent years pushing it away. I thought, I don't want power like you. I don't want the power to push people around, to bully people, to be violent toward people. And I so recoiled from what she said. But it haunted me. I could never get away from it. Sometimes we are, and must be, haunted by something unacknowledged within ourselves 
something that makes us deeply uncomfortable. But that might be true. I had to acknowledge, as years passed, that this flawed messenger did tell me the truth. But she also provided an example of the kind of power I didn't want. The power to manipulate and grab. She got me thinking about the power I did want. The ability to exert my will, physically, intellectually, and artistically, in order to see my plans through in the world. And to do so directly, with as few intermediaries as possible. To select relationships based on mutual affinity, respect, and constructiveness. Or to forego having a relationship. To fulfill my true debts, but not empty obligations. When Neville talks about desire, he's not speaking superficially. He really wants you to get down into the guts of matters, where you might want something that makes you uncomfortable. There are ways we don't like to see ourselves. But Neville maintains that desire is God speaking to us. And God is us. To walk away from a deep personal yearning is to walk away from God within yourself. In essence, we all want the same thing. Hold on. Alright, I'm going to start that over again. In essence, we all want the same thing. To fulfill our in essential inner ideals. To exercise, exhibit, and exert ourselves in the natural direction toward which we are always being pulled. And we want to be seen and understood. I was once in a spiritual group where a woman described in a meeting how she had made an ice sculpture outside of her home on a bright winter day. Some friends came to visit in the afternoon, and she was anxious that they see her sculpture before it melted in the sun. She was embarrassed to direct her friend's attention to it, yet at the same time she was eager for her work to be seen. This woman recounted this as a kind of a confession, expressed with remorse over her presumed egotism. I would, uh... I wouldn't say egotism, but rather that's... She wanted to show off her work, but she was afraid of what they were going to say. I think that's pretty much a familiar quandary with a lot of people. I wouldn't call that egocentric. Or egotistic. Continuing. I honor the self-disclosure with which she told her story. Yet I feel strongly that she had nothing to feel ashamed of and nothing to confess. She created something beautiful. She had the ability to do so. Why shouldn't she want her friends to see it? Why hide her light under a bushel? Her work made the world more beautiful before it was taken by the afternoon sun. And her act spoke of her to the world, which is to say it spoke of all human creativity. 
Self-expression is to be honored. Creative acts are to be seen. Your clarified desire is the language of holiness. It is the urge toward creation. Quote, and God saw that it was good. Be exquisitely clear, passionate, and forthright about your goals. Woo! Okay, hold on a second. Okay, so... this. Hold on a second. First, an aside back to the psychic. The one with the really bad emotional outburst problem. I don't know if you've ever heard the term, um, the, the line between madness and genius is very thin. So a lot of times where you'll see very creative people they have what's called just the barest hint of madness, or just a little bit obsessive, a little bit off, a little bit too much into the thing that they're doing. And they can be a little sporadic. Not necessarily that they're angry all the time. Madness more like the ravings of a madman type of madness. So, I like where he puts people off and lopsided. And that the possession of keen insight into human affairs does not equate with ethics or empathy. It makes it easier to believe the person when they're being empathetic, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the person who's telling you bluntly to your face, hey, this is what's going on, is trying to be a dick. They may just feel that... or they're not very good at subtlety. For a long time, I wasn't. To a certain degree, I still am. I will tell you bluntly to your face, hey, this is what's going on, this is uh, what we've been doing, and, you know, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you to your face, I'm honest. Okay, to the capacity that I understand things that are going on around me, I speak my mind and I'm honest. You would be so surprised how many people that makes upset. But I like when he goes to the bottom of that page and he's talking about when Neville talks about desire and he's not speaking superficially. Back to what I was saying earlier just on this podcast about going down deep to finding out why it is that you want these things. When you're manifesting, you don't necessarily need to go super deep, although for your psyche and your own personal development, you may want to just, you know, see how far that goes out. Just, that's exactly how Mr. Dooley got his start. Is he would just sit there and just have what uh, Einstein would call thought experiments. And he'd just sit there and think. He would take a question and he'd just run with it. But you do owe it to yourself. Right? Whatever stage of life that you're in, you owe it to yourself. To have that conversation with yourself. Not with your parents, not with your kids, not with your spouse, not with your boss, not with your friends. With yourself. 
See if you can find those things way deep inside. And if you can't remember what they are, ask yourself. What is it that I most love doing? Here, I'll even put it in a better better con syntax for you. Self. What is it that I love doing? What is it that brings me joy? What have I been missing in my 9 to 5 rat race? What do I wish I had the time to do? It is one of the most beneficial things that you can do to sit quietly and have a genuine, earnest conversation with yourself. No, you're not crazy. No, it's not silly. It's very, very helpful. And honestly, you might surprise yourself. Because the reality is we've gotten so used to saying things that we think other people want to hear that we forget how to be honest with ourselves. No one else is listening. No one else has to know all those, well, let's, let's be honest, all those things that you did when you were a kid that you hope nobody else recognizes that you did or those things that you kept from mom and dad or all those times you snuck whatever things out of your sister and or brother's room or maybe all the times you played hooky and mom and dad didn't find out or maybe they did you don't know the point is you know you better than anyone so you don't have to hide any topic of conversation you want to have with yourself and the interesting reality is we still find ourselves saying those familiar lines because we've gotten so used to saying them so we're gonna keep cut it short tonight because we got through that first one there and we'll we'll come back tomorrow at um Number two, your imagination is fertilized in a state of physical immobility. I'm not quite sure how that works, but sure, we'll go with that one. Um, so my challenge to you tonight, tomorrow, soon, sometime, sit down with yourself. Like, go to a park if you really don't want to, you know, be around family members that might snoop. Take a notepad, take a pen... Take a blanket, maybe, depending on where it is that you're going to. You don't want to sit on the raw ground. And just have that conversation with yourself. Fill the whole thing if you want to. Or only write down a few words. Or sometimes just the act of having the pen in your hand, staring at a page, and your imagination takes over. And you start having that conversation with yourself in your head. But I challenge you, earnestly, go have that conversation and see where it leads. I promise you, you'll be surprised. So, we're going to off there, sit off there for today. So go ahead and do a little wiggle and get in a little stretch and we will do our two minute brain break.
Alrighty. Go ahead and close your eyes. And let's take a nice, slow, deep breath in. And let it back out. And let's take another nice, slow, deep breath in. Just let your awareness settle into the space. And Just let it all fall away. Just let it all fall away. All the titles, all the responsibilities, all the rushing, all the running, all the striving, all the straining, all the stress, all the fear, all the worry, just let it go. Just for this moment, let it go. Ready, open your eyes. Alrighty, quick one today, but not because I'm trying to boot you out, but because I keep getting interrupted, which is fine. That means um, my presence is wanted elsewhere, but the internet. So we're going to stop there for today. <clears throat> and we'll come back tomorrow and we'll do number two. We'll see if we have enough time to get in all three. Or it be the uh, two and three on the same podcast, I should say. Um, but if not, you know, same, all good. It's all good. We'll just get the chance to talk more. Alrighty. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for your presence. Thank you so much for your patience. You have no idea how much I appreciate it. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. 
Have a fantastic rest of your evening. This is the podcast, Sassafras. Good night.